What's up, dirtbags? Welcome to episode 166 of the Midwest Angler Podcast. I'm Scott Sturman, and I am joined by Matt Deitch. What's going on, dude? Just enjoying the day. Finally got to Beautiful get out. Beautiful day. Yeah, finally got to get out in the boat. You did. You did. did. And I, I can tell you, A, your bald head is burnt. and uh, <laughs> No, B, I had a stocking hat oh, on all day. Oh, so. yeah, right. Yeah, right. You freaking had a set of thong sandals, <laughs> shorts, and... A Hawaiian shirt. A, vi- a visor. You had a, a visor. visor on. Ooh, I don't look. I'm not like rich. Your I'm face. I'm not like hella bass that Your face is fine. The top of your head is just red. <laughs> I think it's always that way. Nah, that's all right. Noah, how, how was it out there? It was windy. It was start, windy. To yeah. start the day off and stuff. Yeah. It was windy and cold. And it was kind of funny. Got off the lake and was driving home. And I drove by a sign. And it was like, six, it said like 63 degrees. And I was like, it ain't no 63. And I was like. Oh yeah, out here it probably is sixty right. degrees because yeah, you get away from the water and right the water because the water temps were actually like when we started off this morning it was like thirty nine and it only got up to like forty degrees really? forty one degrees so that kind of surprised me I thought it was going to be a little bit warmer with yesterday with the sun being out and stuff like that but still pretty uh, pretty chilly water yeah I uh, I didn't do any fishing this weekend but uh, I did move my patio furniture out of storage and onto the uh, the back deck. And uh, it was one of those deals where if you had a jacket on, it was too hot. Right. If you had just a t-shirt on, you were too cold, <laughs> and you just couldn't really find that happy medium. And, and you know, for us, uh, you know, for me and, and my wife doing that, uh, you know, for the most of the time, you know, you can kind of be protected by the wind a little bit, whatever. Well, for you, when you're out in the middle of a lake, there is no protection. You know, you're going you're gonna to get it. But No, it was... It felt good to cast again. I can tell you that much out there in the open water. And and you caught not, some fish. Caught some fish. I caught two walleyes, and then Stephanie caught one nice smallmouth bass. So. Yeah. Tell, you know, so so you were out with Steph Lawson. Uh, I I don't even know exactly. I mean, Minnesota, obviously, up north. I don't know how far north. She's up by the cities, and she said that the lake that she lives on, the ice was... She said that maybe at the end of the week, it'll be ice off there. Like, okay. all the edges are off and everything like that. So, she, but said, she, she said she passed a lot of open water on the way down today. Okay. She was, she was coming down to pick up her boat. She has it stored down in Spirit Lake, so... And yeah. and she's doing something really cool. She reached out to us earlier in the week and asked if uh, um, we would want to get out and go fishing with her. Because she is trying to fish with a hundred different people in 2022, right? Correct. And you were 37. 37. So that's actually that's like really impressive. To today I, I went and looked. Today is the hundredth day of 2022. So at 37, she is basically uh, she's averaging uh, somebody like every 2.8 days or 2.7 days is, right. is what, you know, she's, she's fishing with somebody different. So, uh, you know, she's obviously well on her way and, uh, um, you know, she kind of got through this, this in between time where there isn't, yep. you know, a ton of fishing going on and to still be at 37, um, you know, with the whole entire summer in front of her, uh, I think she'll chip away at that pretty fast. Yeah, I would, I would definitely agree with that. I think that she should be able to get that pretty easy. I mean, when you think about it and you go out with, a couple people here right. and there all of a sudden you're the numbers start going up pretty fast so yep no that's a pretty cool thing and it is cool i mean it's just kind of always fun to kind of challenge yourself to different things like that yep now 
you know, me and you were talking a little bit uh, before we started recording, you know, of how neat, obviously, trying to fish with 100 different people is. And, and you know, there's something else. Like last year, you caught a fish, you caught a bass, and you'd see how many days you could catch a, a bass in a row. You got to 126. 126. I mean, super impressive. But, uh, you know, I, I think sometimes – we as anglers, you know, going to our favorite bodies of water, doing the same thing we've always done. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's a lot of fun. As long as you're enjoying it, there's nothing wrong with it. But, you know, we can get complacent in doing the same thing over and over and over. And sometimes it is cool to kind of challenge yourself to do something a little bit different. You know, maybe the tournament scene isn't exactly what you want to do, and that's fine. But to do something like try to see how many different species of fish you can yeah. catch how many different bodies of water you could you could fish how many different states you can go and fish there's a lot of different options like that for for things to do that a it's going to make you a better angler b it probably just funner than heck like you know right. I, I don't know it, 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 it can take the monotonous the monotony out of fishing all the time like just doing the same thing over and over sometimes it's good to change it up like you said to go after different species they'll learn about them a little bit uh try different techniques maybe you're maybe okay i go out and drop shot the crap out of the fish all the time maybe today i'm gonna throw something different i'm gonna try to learn this technique right like I'm, i'm sitting here challenging cody magnuson to do something other than pull a bottom bouncer and catch a walleye. <laughs> like, do something else, Cody. Try it. On purpose. On purpose. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. th- throw a worm out. See what happens. I think that's what he does all the time. That's He just he just throws a worm out underneath of a bobber and whatever happens, happens. That was our challenge of this year already. We already got to fish with Cody, so we're done. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need any more challenges. I think there. I think I'm going to see how many different species I can catch. You're going to go to do that one again? We did yeah, that. We did a it. A couple couple years ago we kind of started that off. We and started and then I don't think, think we, we ever really like finished. And you just start fishing and you Well, you kind of forget track. and and whatever, but uh you know, obviously right now everyone's kind of going through that transition. There's obviously people that have been out open water fishing you know, a few times, whatever. But uh, for the most part, most of us are kind of entering open water season altogether right now. Like you said, there's a lot of people that still have ice on their lake. There's a lot of lakes that the ice is on there. It's not good enough to fish, but it's still covered enough that you can't get out there and open water fish. So I I would say, you know, if if that's something you want to do, now's the time to to kind of be thinking about it instead of July 15. It's like, ah, dang. Well, we had that one guy and his son last year, too. Didn't they catch a fish in every county in Minnesota? That's Wasn't right. That I think I did hear like that. 88, like 88 fish or is, something like that. Caught a fish in all the counties, which that's is That's incredible. Cool. Very I mean, cool. find something like that. I mean, there's all kinds of different challenges out there to do it. You know, maybe try to fish as many rivers as possible in the, yep. in the state. You know, there's a lot of those little rivers around here that hold really quality fish that people overlook all the time. I mean, a lot of people sometimes, I think, get caught up on having to have a boat or something like that to get off the shoreline, but there's plenty of fishing opportunities right along the shore. Yep. Yeah, go and, go and beat the bank. That's, I mean, you and I still do a lot of it, and it's a lot of fun. It so. is. I mean, and you can catch some big fish. Yep. Matt, do you have any, uh, do you have any recipes, fish, fish-related recipes, like special breading, like 
in anything crazy like that, that's, that's a secret. Have you ever heard of any that's secret? Have you ever had the privilege of eating somebody's, uh, you know, whether it be tartar sauce, fish breading, whatever, that's a secret that they are, that they are not giving up. Well, my grandma Deitch's tartar sauce was, well, she's was, got some tartar sauce. It huh? was awesome. And no matter how much we try to replicate it, it's never the same as like hers. Really? Yeah. She had her own canned sweet relish and then she would mix it with miracle whip i believe and i don't know what it, what else she all did to it but you know we tried to replic- replicate it and stuff like that but i mean it's, it's that's just the way it is you never it wasn't seasoned with love right you, you never, couldn't season it with love it's, it's that's the, the problem way, it's the same way with like my grandma's coconut cream pie like i love coconut cream pie and none compared to hers like, really yeah i mean no matter how many times i have i try different ones it's just like no so i'd say that would probably be it like as far as like any like secret like breadings or anything like that not that i know of like people are like oh yeah this is like a you know old family recipe this is what we do i mean so well so the, the reason i ask is because obviously with it being lent right now uh catholic church knights of columbus you know, oh, yeah. right across the block from me, <laughs> had their drive-through fish fry on Friday night. Now I'm not Catholic, but when I hear that fish <laughs> fry is coming to town, like you can better Fridays. believe, like I'm gonna be there <laughs> on Fridays during Lent. You're a Catholic. Uh, damn right I am. <laughs> damn right. I don't. What is it? Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Yeah, that's I. You know, I did my thing as I pulled into the driveway, and and uh, I knew. <laughs> it was about to go down because I got I got like six styrofoam containers full of fish, and it's, uh, it's going to be good. Got friends over. Yeah, right. So, um, Mr. Sturman, this is your fourth time driving through. <laughs> I thought this was a place of no judgment. <laughs> yeah. I thought this was a place of no judgment. Okay. <laughs> but uh, no, so so uh, me and Grady, we, we went over there. We got uh, four fish, uh, fish dinners, which was freaking awesome. $10.00. And, and you could get as many fish fillets as you want. I asked, how, how many is most people taking? They said anywhere between two and six. So, you know. <laughs> so you went, you added those two up me and took said, Me, myself, I was like, I better do eight. <laughs> right. But I said, why don't you just do four? You know, I they're trying to make money. They're trying to, like, I mean, yeah. I'm not trying to shut down the Rock Rapids <laughs> Knights of Columbus. But, I mean, I thought about it. <laughs> thought about it long and hard. But, uh. So they, I, I got my four four uh, fish fillets in a box. Then they do curly fries. Ooh. Then they do coleslaw. Oh yeah. Then they do macaroni and cheese. Holy buckets. And a dinner roll, ten bucks. Wow. I mean, you t- any that's, cheaper that's than impressive. that, and they're paying you to eat their exactly fish. Exactly right. I mean, they're yeah. And and every single bit of it was good. But I'm here to tell you, the tartar sauce was over the top was it like best tartar sauce i think i've ever had now i'm not saying it's better than your grandma's well, i've never I had your grandma's but this was amazing so my neighbor jeremy k catholic crossed the road so i text him and i said hey Who you hit up these knights of columbus and you figure out where the hell this tartar sauce is from because like this will make this is the type of stuff that makes a man famous in fish <laughs> camp and i told him that and so he's like, okay, I'm on it. So he, uh, he, I talked to him today at the end of the driveway and he says, Hey, it's Shorty Blauette's secret recipe. And he's not giving it up. That's right. Not giving it up. Nope. So I don't know what I've got to do. 
I'd say next year around this time, I'm going to camp out about a half mile away from Shorty Blowett's house. I'm going to follow him to the grocery store and I'm going to nonchalantly be, put on my best detective deal and I'm going to figure out what's going on here because I need more of this in my life. Like this is like, it's creamy. Oh, it's got good taste. It, I, I don't know. It's, it's over the top. But with that being said, like I said to Jeremy today, what happens if Shorty Blauet dies in a car accident tomorrow? Oh, right. Like, like, like somebody better have this. I don't care if you've got this recipe in the safety deposit box at the bank, but like this is a valuable piece of, of Lyon County history right oh, here. Definitely. Like we can't just let this go away. I had an uncle who had a pickled fish recipe, died, recipe died with him. Went with him. Yep. Well, our pick like we always canned pickles together, and Grandma always had that recipe of what how she did it all, and she gave that to us. And she did give it to you, yeah. And when, when she was getting up there in age, and she couldn't do it anymore, then she would always do it. But it was always fun with her and Grandpa. No matter what we would do, Grandpa would always be like, "Ah, uh, you need to do this, you need to do this," and Grandma would be like, "No, you don't need to do that." And we we always, always listen to Grandma. Yeah, <laughs> it's like listen to Grandma. <laughs> even even if they're not going to tell you, just kind of look into their eyes, and yep. you can kind of tell like they're nah, like nah, no, they're calling BS on that. Just nod your head and agree with your Grandpa, but come and talk to me later. <laughs> right. I just I feel like there is a ton of recipes like that, and I feel like especially, especially like it's got to be up in Minnesota. Yeah. You know, like Minnesota is a culture in itself. Oh, all the all those like church groups, all those like groups up there in those small towns, they'll put out a cookbook every once in a while. It's like you get that cookbook. You damn right. It's just like, and it's always like, like you said, it's like Shorty's tartar sauce or you know, <laughs> that, Martha's Martha's coleslaw. It's, it's, like, it's a nickname. Like right. when it's a nicknames. <laughs> recipe like that's when you know it's good like, right when their name is in the recipe it's just like oh yeah it's like okay that potato salad that's the one we need to get have you ever heard the story of dorothy lynch salad dressing i've never heard that story i'm gonna tell you it right now because uh it's that good of a it's that good of a story and i gotta show nebraska a little bit of love Ooh. but uh dorothy lynch uh that that dressing actually came from down in nebraska that uh dorothy lynch she made it for like the Eagles club or like the VFW or whatever they would have probably freaking Friday night fish fries right. or something like that and have a lettuce salad, uh, with it. And she started making her own version of, you know, country style French dressing or whatever you want to call it. And, uh, I, I mean, I think slowly, but surely, you know, I mean, it becomes the shorty Blauette's tartar sauce where people are driving for miles and miles and miles it. to get some of this. And, and next thing you know, they're like tossing out the salad and they're just dumping dressing in their mouth because it's that good. And and Dorothy Lynch dressing is the best, you can, best salad you can dressing. You put it on a lot of stuff. Oh, it's the best. But uh, yeah, that, so that's how it started. I think somewhere along the line, somebody came in and was like, all right, like we've got to do something bigger yep. and better than, you know, VFW post 4420, like we you know, we got to start selling this. And it's still made in Nebraska to this day, like in a is tiny it? little town town of like 125 people that's crazy 600 people come to work there to make dorothy <laughs> right. lynch that's what it is honestly so that's awesome yeah I, it, is, it is crazy how many like things like that start off as just an old family recipe and then you know people can't get enough of it and you get the right people to sample it and it, the rest can be history saint paul nebraska in the 1940s uh it was at the uh at the legion club and yeah sure as shit just became the uh 
became the best salad dressing ever. So yeah, that's <laughs> that's how that happens. So uh, yeah, fish. We that speaking of, we need to have a fish fry sometime. We do. We really do. You, you know, fish fries are one of those things you can't do it all the time, but every once in a while, it's just like you just get in the mood for it and you're ready for it. Well, I mean, now's the time. If we wanted to get out on the lake, we could probably put together a, a bunch of panfish and uh, yeah, throw something together and fry it up. What's your? What is your? What is one thing at a fish fry that you feel has to be there all the time? You know, I uh, besides the fish. I've never been much of a coleslaw guy, like not mm-hmm. at all, really. Like, I mean, you know, I'll, I'd eat Dabble it. it. Yeah, yeah, if but, it's there, you're going to eat it. Not, but you room. know, I mean, it's it's more like you know, ah, yeah, coleslaw. Like, probably going to go for the baked beans instead, or yep. probably going to go for potato salad instead. But I've really kind of turned into a semi-professional coleslaw eater. Like, Getting after it, I I don't know. You know, a while back. uh I know that you're always a fish taco guy. Right. I'm not much of a fish taco guy. When I was down in Florida, the one time we went to a restaurant and they had some fish tacos on the menu and they were, you know, bragging about, you know, I don't know, golf caught grouper and, you know, going to put some world famous coleslaw on it. And I was like, you know what? I think I could do that. Some bitch. Like, that was good. <laughs> that, was that, good. Was, that was good. Like, I could probably get into that, like, way into that, like six pack and a pound into that <laughs> oh, but that's just like with fish sandwiches too i mean every once in a while it's just like i really need a fish sandwich though so. yeah oh yeah yeah good fish sandwich like uh, that's that's pretty hard to beat like if you can get some lettuce and and some shorty blowouts tartar sauce that's right. you know and it, as far as a fish fry goes it's it can be dangerous just to sit there and just as you take them out of the fryer and let them cool down for a little bit and you just start eating them like a guy can house down a lot of. Oh things. yeah, it's just like when you stop, you finally think about it. You're just like, if they're bite size, my, yeah. if they're if I they're just ate my limit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If they're if they're small bite sized pieces, and you know you throw them on a plate, and you're you know you're kind of busy, and you just take two, and you know yeah, pop them in your mouth, and take another two. Oh yeah, yeah. They go. That happens uh, sometimes. Like when we're frying fish, and like you're the in charge of frying them. Every once in a while, you'll grab a couple and eat a couple and send them in and then a little bit later the next batch you might have one or two and then by the time you get done cooking and you're like all right now it's my turn to go in there and have something to eat you're just kind of like i'm kind of full i don't really need anything else it's like everybody's like aren't you gonna eat any it's like well i've been eating you know the fryers eat first yeah that's right uh you got an air fryer i don't have an air fryer did we talk about this last week i don't know no No, i don't think we did Mm -mm. i don't have an air fryer yet neither but from what i can tell the way everyone's talking, like they're life changing. Yeah, it's, it's, it seems that way. Everybody that has one sure talks highly of them. Right. Now, I'm I'm curious on how frying fish would go on there. Maybe maybe not quite the same, but I mean, there's people like talking about air frying up freaking leftover pizza, leftover yeah. steak. Like, I haven't heard of anyone say like, ah, I threw that in the air fryer, and yeah, that's not that, that's right. that's not the best. Everyone's like, oh yeah, yeah, I threw it in there. It was great. I'll have to ask Jig and Joe. He he's an got an air fryer yeah he gets pretty wild with stuff sometimes so we'll see maybe i don't know he's he tried he tried making fish jerky the one time i think i've talked about that before <laughs> what yeah he tried to make some northern jerky i think and like de- put it on dehydrator or yeah what? yeah and i think that brenda just about told him to go sleep out in the garage for the week so 
stink up the place? Yeah, I think it did pretty bad. I don't think it turned out as what he was thinking it might. But that's one of those deals. Like, you know, think about the first time somebody, uh, I mean, first time somebody had a hot dog or anything, right. you know, I mean, you know, you, you, you gotta have that one. <laughs> I mean, think about the first person that started drinking milk. Yeah. Oh, I know. Like you weird <laughs> son of a gun. Like, <laughs> the hell's wrong with you. And now it's just normal. Like, right. I mean, you know, except when it's right out of the tap. <laughs> I don't know. I've heard from a lot of people that that's, that's, <laughs> that's the best right. Milk. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I'm not talking about squirting right from the tit to mouth, but uh, they, they talk about the bulk tank that that's the way. Oh I yeah. Go. That's I've heard that before. Too, yeah. A lot of those old dairy farmers. Well, you had a lot of dairies right around your town. You probably yeah. got my brother on worked at one and I got to go out there a few times and help him yeah. out. So no, but uh, yeah, I guess, Hey Joe, I, I'm not, I, I think I think you were on to something. Maybe just Well, he was it. just in one of them. You know how you get going where he just got that dehydrator and we had a bunch of deer meat and goose. You know, he started making goose jerky and it was really good. He was just making jerky and he was just like, let me try this. And it's just like, yeah, that one didn't work. Yeah, that <laughs> everything else was a 9 out of 10. That one, <laughs> 2. Yeah, if that. <laughs> that might have been a negative 2. Negative. Matt, uh, something something you and I have kind of talked about uh, lately is, uh, you know, pro- professional anglers. Um, there's a lot of guys, uh, you know, cl- claiming to be professional anglers, and I guess they're not just claiming to be. They are professional anglers. But a lot of them are, are independently wealthy. Um, you know, they've, they've made their money doing something else, and uh, they've got hundreds of thousands of uh, screw-it dollars and, and – you know, buy a boat and either, uh, you know, with the NWT, anyone can sign up and go and fish it. Yeah. With the Bassmaster Opens, anyone can sign up and go and fish it. And they can go and fish at, at the top level or close to the top level in their selected species circuits and and be a professional angler. They might get their teeth kicked in tournament after tournament after and tournament after tournament. There and there's a lot some, of those guys. You pointed one out a while back to me that – He'd been in like 60 BSA, BASS tournaments and stuff like that and only had like a career winnings of like $1,000 or something. Right. There's a lot of those guys. Right. Start Start looking through the Bassmaster Opens and, uh, you know, start start looking at some of these guys and go and click on their go and click on their name and it'll tell you a detailed tournament history. And it's like, you know, total winnings, $854. Total tournaments, you know, 71 Like. Yeah. All right, I get you know, hats off to you. You know, I mean, I guess you're going and doing what you're loving, and and you know, whatever. But but basically, I think you could just give your money to the good guys; they'll kick you in the nuts and call it even. Like you don't even have or to just, go and spend just, the money. Just go sponsor them. Yeah, just go sponsor right. the guys that are winning. You know, just throw your money at them instead of. But you know, some guys, I guess they just like you said, they love it that much and. If it's just kind of that money, that throwaway money for them, yeah, I don't know. It's it's crazy how many people actually really do that. That oh yeah, go into those tournaments. I guess I don't know. Like, do you suppose their mindsets like going into each tournament? Like, yep, this is the one where I'm, I'm going to get. It. I don't know. I I kind of relate it to like maybe you know we watch a lot of dirt track racing and stuff like that, and you got the people that are going to go out there every night and be competitive, like anybody could really win the race and then you have that handful of guys that it's just like well are they gonna how fast are they gonna get lapped tonight but they keep showing up every single week you know and it's just you know i i would say 
for for those of you that understand World of Outlaws Racing, me and Jeremy were actually talking about this the other day. You know, if if you're a 410 sprint car driver and the World of Outlaws come to your town, you'd be stupid not to sign sign up and and right. go and do it. I mean, you're racing against the best people in the world. Exactly. You know, fishing and dirt track racing is one of the few sports that if you've got the car, you can you can sign up and go and fit, you know race with the best guys in the world. You know, if if uh, I mean if if I'm living in Minneapolis, I can't just go and play football with the Minnesota Vikings. You know, but yeah. but you can at at this level, you can go fish against Gerald Swindle in a Bassmaster Open tournament. Yep. And I think that's kind of the draw. You know, the fact that you could be uh, you know sitting in sitting in line and and you know have gerald swindle next to you at the tanks and and whatever but i just i don't know it it's it's hard to sit there and and look at these guys and consider them professional anglers when it's like dude like you've you've never cracked a top 25 you've never cracked a top 40 and you keep coming back in and keep donating your money to the good fishermen (laughs) and you keep doing it but where we're going with this is in, in basketball, in football, in hockey probably, in yep. all these other sports, there are literally talent scouts. There are. There are people that are traveling around. I mean, if all of a sudden uh, some some kid down in Mexico is six foot nine, can jump out of the gym and, and shoot lights out, I mean, you better believe that the Chicago Bulls and the New York Knicks and, and you know, whatever – it's probably sending airplanes down to Mexico because yep. we're going to go take a look at this dude and, you know, figure out how See the heck what we're, it's all about. Right, exactly. What if that happened in fishing? I think it needs to start happening in fishing. So so what do you do there, though? Like, I know. I mean, do you go and find that guy and give him a boat and say, hey, I'm going to pay for your uh, Bassmaster Opens and, uh, you know, I want I – want, uh, 75% of your winnings and you know if you qualify for the elite series at that point in time your sponsorship money out of you know ought to cover what you need from yeah. there or you know I mean for for the people that get you into it they're obviously going to want some sort of kickback right yeah I did or does BASS do it themselves and uh try to get these guys to start fishing the opens I don't know you know people always say like when you talk to some of them professional anglers a lot of them will tell you that the best fishermen in the country aren't in the elite series. Like some of these guys that are coming up and everything like that. I guess it's it's kind of fun why it's you and I have talked about this. It's fun to see some of these guys start coming up through the ranks that you've heard of. Right. Like winning some tournaments, making some noise in some of these smaller areas. And it's just like they finally get up there and people are just like, wow, you know, all over this person. And everybody that knew them people growing up are like, oh, no, that dude was a stick. Like, we knew it was just a matter of time, you know. Like, you hear a lot of people that know Fighter. A lot of those people were never surprised about it because they were just like, he was winning tournaments all over Minnesota or competitive in every tournament he went to. And, you know, it's one of those deals. Well, we've got one of those guys around here right now. We do. We have a young man that's very talented when it comes down to fishing and he's been having one hell of a year and a half the last couple years right jordan hurt uh and i don't do we know exactly where jordan's from i'm not 100 percent sure where jordan's from i feel like he's somewhere down by sioux city somewhere in that area or 
even more central Iowa. Okay. Well, whatever. But uh, he fishes a lot of the Okaboji tournaments. I think he fishes a bunch of Nebraska tournaments all over in Iowa. Uh, he won the uh, uh, the TBF, the Bass Federation so National yeah, Championship. Championship. Uh, I think we talked about him a couple couple weeks ago. But you know, me th- that's kind of how me and Matt got on this was. I mean, there's got to be a talent scout someplace, you know, that that comes in and it's like, dude, this guy literally wins or gets second place in every single tournament that he signs up for. You know, we we need to get him on some of these southern lakes and you know see how he does and whatever. I I don't know. I mean, and, it's it's only a matter of time. And that's kind of where the financial thing came in that you and I were talking about too. Is like some of these guys can just financially do it, and it's just kind of like they're just doing it for fun, really. As what they're doing it and there's some of these other really good anglers who might not be financially very well off and can't afford to fish these to get at the higher level and it'd be kind of cool to be able to see like some of these organizations come down and be like you know kind of like all right we're going to kind of help you out to get you into the opens and stuff like that and help you through some of this stuff and see where it goes from there i mean i guess that's where the college thing has come into to play but still that's a lot of them spending their own money on that stuff when how many how many guys are out there you know how many guys up in northern minnesota are absolutely spectacular walleye anglers that have no interest in going and fishing at a oh, at a yeah. competitive There's, you know yeah. they're, they're all right with going to their you know Thursday weekend night, cl- yeah right. weekend club series whatever but they don't want to get any bigger than that you know you know i I don't know. I think that there's a lot of guys all the way across the country, like you said, that are good with going and fishing their their club derbies, have no interest in fishing anything bigger than that. Uh, you know, they don't feel like they've got the right boat for it. They don't really feel like leaving their job. They don't really feel like weaving, leaving their wife and kids for weeks on end. Because yeah, it is. It's a huge time commitment. Those, Way and those And those guys grind. I mean, some of those guys that are living out of their vehicles day in and day out, it's just, yeah. Carl Jockamson said that he hasn't seen his family since the end of 2019. Is that when it was? Holy moly. Yeah. Like, that's freaking crazy. It really is. And I, I don't know. I don't know. But I, we, we've talked about this too. You know, I think uh, there's a lot of old timers or or people that are a little bit more secretive that are catching monster fish or shooting monster bucks and it never ends up on facebook no they don't want it to no nope they don't want almost you get told sometimes when you're going with some of them people like don't be posting any of these pictures or you know everybody's got that uh, you can come out you can come fishing with me here but you can't tell anybody about this all right right you're you get sworn to secrecy a lot of times Kind of like if you see uh, Shorty Blowout making tartar sauce, yeah. sworn to secrecy. Yep, nobody knows that. I'm telling you, you need to butter up to him and get this. Tartar well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna figure that out, and if if I can, I'm gonna put this crap into production. Was that the last fish fry of the of the year? Well, this coming Friday has got good a, Friday, isn't it? Yeah, they. I don't know if there, there actually is a fish fry or not, but because um, they don't, should, they don't do really fish fries. I grew up Catholic, so I should know this. So. Nah. <laughs> nah, whatever, whatever. Oh, man. I saw on Artie's Bait and Tackle page that uh, uh, the Minnesota DNR has declared today, April 10th, 2022, the official ice out for Big Stone. Oh, and, nice. You know, it's kind of hard for me to, to wrap my brain around the fact that 
there are still a lot of people up in northern Minnesota and probably North Dakota that are ice fishing on yeah. perfectly safe ice. There are. You know, down here, you know, for for the past three three weeks, you know, four weeks, we've been completely ice-free. Well, I shouldn't say completely ice-free, but uh, to the point where ice fishing wasn't really was, a real right. possibility. Yeah, and, uh, it, it, you know, you just sit here and, and think like, oh, we're all done. No, yeah. no, actually, we're <laughs> all not. And it's just like when the ice comes back on, you see everybody up north fishing, and it's just like, I'm sure they assume everybody else is ice fishing, and it's like, no, we're we're still got the boat out. I think so. the people in northern Minnesota, I think like Iowa's like Texas, <laughs> like oh, well, it so always does, far doesn't it? Down there. But that's we're the same way with Missouri. It seems like well, way down in Missouri, and it's just like I guess it's only like three hours to drive to Missouri. So right. <laughs> it's like you know, I think that's the way everybody always does it. And it, when you say the Black Hills, the Black Hills don't seem like it's that far away because it's in South Dakota. But in all reality, it's twice as far to get to the black hills as it is to missouri so. right yeah it's just the fact that i don't have any business heading south i just <laughs> always head west yeah. so uh yeah a little bit different but uh, i don't know do you got anything else you know i don't really have much you getting all stocked up for all your stuff like i went through all got my boat ready the other day and was kind of going through all my tackle and started to realize, man, I should have done a little bit of an inventory at the end of the season last year and kind of seen what I need because I need to order a few things. I actually, I actually just kind of started putting away all my ice fishing <laughs> stuff. I mean, as crazy as that is, like, like I mentioned, we haven't ice fished here for probably over a month. Right. And, uh, uh, it's just kind of been sitting in my garage. I don't know if I kind of had my fingers crossed hoping that, you know, maybe I'd take a trip trip out to the black hills or you know somehow get a wild hair up my butt and head head up north into minnesota but uh um, i officially uh decided that there's 100 percent no chance of that happening so uh i actually i guess we were talking about this too i actually made another rack for the ceiling of my garage yep. uh to hold all my ice fishing poles and uh i i I really, I kind of like that way. Yeah, it, you you got to really organize that, how your rod storage is. And it kind of looks cool. People it does. walk in there and they're like, oh, wow. Oh, wow, okay. Yep. They're on the ceiling like that and out of the way. I mean, they're not, you don't have to worry about them falling over or anything like, like what I have with mine. I definitely need to adopt what you did and do it to my garage as well. Yep. The problem is you got to back your pickup in or, or pull your pickup in, get out, get into the back of your pickup, you know, standing in the yeah. bed and, and get up there. Um, it works out really well for me when I've got my boat pulled in my garage. Yep. I can literally hop up into my boat, grab the rods off of the ceiling. Uh, they're they're just mounted right up there. Pull out what I need, drop them into my boat, and take off. So um, that's, that's kind of what I did all weekend. Well, not all weekend, but this weekend I made another rack for my ice fishing rods. I put away all my ice fishing stuff and uh, – you got any superstitions like uh, um, whether or not you can – How? well, okay, I'll just ask you this. How often do you wash your ice uh, bibs and jacket? I do it after every season. After every season? I just, But I hose them. I just take them outside and I hose them down and kind of scrub them. You don't actually put them in the – In a wash machine or anything. I like don't even that. know if you're supposed to do I that. I don't think that you're supposed to. Like I said, all, all I do, I started doing it last year, I think. Maybe a couple years ago. Yeah, I just take them out, hang them up, hose them down good, kind of 
scrub them a little bit and then let I, them dry out and I ain't doing good. it. I ain't doing it. Well, because I do it's it. Bad luck. I do it, and then the first the first outing of the year, you catch a couple fish, and this year just full of slime again, anyways. So, I think it's bad luck. I know that they say you're not supposed to wash camouflage halfway through a season. <laughs> you you run it the whole season, and uh, I don't know. I uh, I think it's bad luck to wash it. We were putting. I was putting all the bibs and and jackets in a tote. To, to store them and Aubrey's like well aren't we gonna wash them nope <laughs> no we're not so if you start smelling that funky smell at some point you better check that tote they they I mean if they were legitimately dirty I'd have I'd have gone ahead and and done something but I don't know they 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 weren't bad so that's good I'm running them check the pockets make sure that there was no bait pucks in there i checked my pockets i didn't check the kids' pockets but god knows what could be in grady's probably a half-eaten granola bar i was gonna say you better watch out and leave some bait in there yeah but uh nope so uh got that finally done i can park my pickup in the garage again (laughs) and uh i gotta figure out what like fish house storage is always the toughest one like where you're gonna put that and how you're gonna do it. I mean, I've seen some guys get some hoists and put them up on their ceiling. I got a couple like kayak hoists that I've thought about making like a little frame that can just kind of put it up there and stuff like that. If but, you can get it up on the ceiling, you don't got to worry about mice getting into it, right. all that type of stuff. Oh, well, and think, it's just, I think that and and yeah, it frees just, up a lot of space. Right, it just takes a big footprint, but. Then again, too, once we all of our patio furniture is in the garage, and once we move that out, that's usually where the ice house goes. And so, yeah, I don't know. We just need to build a big old shop. Yeah, guy just needs a big eighty by one twenty machine shed. The Midwest Angler Podcast headquarters HQ. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Going down to the headquarters. If my neighbor Troy will sell me that ground, <laughs> we're putting one up. We are putting one up. So, all right. Uh, you know, I know that this is a little bit shorter episode than normal, but, uh, um, we thought we were going to have a guest. It didn't really work out, but, uh, um, I believe hopefully we will be coming back, uh, this coming week, uh, hopefully with Mike Hawkins, uh, with, uh, Iowa DNR. He's the, uh, uh, fisheries guy over at, uh, the Iowa Great Lakes and, uh, they are starting Monday night. They're gill netting, um, they're going to go out, catch walleyes, muskie, and northern pike as they catch those yep. three species. Yep. Uh, bring them into the hatchery, and I think those eggs from their fish go all over. Yeah, I, they, they I mean, it's not just it's not just right back into the same bodies nope. of water that they pull them out. Um, so I hopefully we can get Mike on the phone and uh, um, chat with him about what they've all got going there. And, uh, yeah, I guess we'll find out exactly um, – you know yeah. what uh uh what they do with those eggs where they go how how long that whole entire process goes and i don't know i'm pretty pumped up to talk to him uh um you know obviously you got to remember to do it while it's going on and it is going on um i think yeah if you want to get over there to the hatchery hopefully we'll be able to tell you that information to go over there because normally they've got a couple muskies in there that are freaking oh. ginormous well, big and just a the tank full of walleyes and you're just like holy buckets and i mean the multiple multiple muskies that are big and stuff in there it's just with your photoshopping skills like let's go over there and just <laughs> like start pulling fish out of the tank and like you know do like killer cool poses with them and we'll put them put like them in your boat yeah we'll just put ourselves like somewhere 
That'd be badass. That'd be badass. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I think that, that we might get a little trouble if we reached in there and grabbed them and started taking, no. pulling them out and taking pictures. If we do it after next week, if we if we get Mike Hawkins on, we'll right. we'll just let everyone know. Like, no, actually, we're the dudes from the podcast. Yeah. We had Mike on. Like he said, no. we could do this, and we got VIP clearance. Yeah, G forty five classified. Ramrod thinks he's got special security clearance because he's in the army, and so yeah, we'll maybe we'll just throw Ramrod badges in our oh right here. This hooked on hard water name tag. That's right. I still got mine. Yeah, it says Scott Sturman on it. We'll just walk around like we're a big deal. Probably get like false impersonation of an officer or something like that. BFDs, yeah. BFDs. People get out of our way. Big effing deals. Yeah, that's right. Big effing deals. All right, uh, Matt, you got a good news story this week? I do. Uh, my grandpa, Deitch, celebrated 75 years, continuous years, of being a member of the American Legion in our part of the country here. and That's incredible. It really is. I mean, active. I mean, he's still active with it. And stuff. 75 years of... of being, that's unbelievable. It really is. I mean... I had to sit there and think about it for a while. I mean, with him being 95, so he joined when he was 20, and he's, you know, consecutive. And it's his birthday here pretty soon, so. He's 95? Yep. I I showed my parents that picture when you posted it on Facebook. I said, hell, I don't know. Dude could be 100 100 years old. Like, I'm not really sure. That'd be two Ellsworth residents that are cracking over 100 because my my coworker Mimi, her mom, Ruth. Yep, just... 101 i think she i just think turned. there's three there was three ladies in the nursing home up there that was over 100 years old they Holy. just had their birthdays yeah they've seen more badass stuff than right? i can possibly imagine well that's like my grandpa and then uh there's another lady from ellsworth they still go up to the bar every thursday night to play pinochle that's what i'm talking they have about. a pinochle league and they're both like 95 like in their 90s probably like winning that. too oh right probably winning uh so that's that mine. Is, that's a good one. Uh, my good news story is going to go out to uh, our buddy Tyler Ray. Uh, Tyler is uh, down in Colorado, but uh, does enough ice fishing that uh, during the winter months, I think you could basically consider him a Midwest resident. But um, he posted a Facebook post uh, um, not too long ago uh, tonight. And it read, uh, when I first started taking Aiden Ray, who's his son, fishing, it was a requirement to pick up trash. Before we could leave, we each had to pick up a plastic grocery bag of trash. Today I get this message from him. It was his first first solo trip after turning 18. If you teach the next generation of anglers to respect the outdoors, they will carry those habits with them for life. And uh, it was a picture of a bunch of trash, a sandal, a bunch of beer cans, uh, some bottles, whatever. And, uh, so he went out there and he picked up trash and, you know, I, that's something that I probably should do better on too. I I like that right there. You know, you don't got to save the world every single trip out there. You know, you don't got to bring along 25, uh, uh, you know, big garbage bags, but if you bring along one grocery bag, you go around, pick up a few bottles. If you do that six times, I mean, that that's a lot of trash oh, and definitely you know is. i mean the river down here by us and and uh whatever i don't know we got to come up with some sort of a challenge um where somehow uh i don't know if we'll get a custom fishing rod or something like that and everyone who shows us a picture of trash that they picked up out uh fishing 
I don't know. We're going to figure this out. Next week we'll have all the details, but we're going to do some sort of deal like that where uh, if you send us a picture of uh, a bag of trash that you picked up, every bag of trash you send a picture of, you're going to get an entry. We're going to draw for something. I don't know if it'll be a rod. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. If, I don't know if I can lift Ramsey up that many times. <laughs> well, for a free fishing rod, you might be able to. <laughs> ah, we couldn't fit him in a bag. We tried. <laughs> we can get it around his head, though. <laughs> That's right. All right, guys. Uh, we appreciate you uh, tuning in. If you have not, please uh, hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you use. Um, if you're on iTunes, give us a rating. Um, yeah, whatever. That's it. Uh, um, we'll be back next week with a guest. We appreciate you. Later. Later.